Geek Shock. Geek Shock. I heard that on the radio. The oh other wow, day. really? You yeah. didn't see that? Okay, there, there's, there's a video out there of old ladies smoking pot and then playing cards against humanity. It's very strange. In Washington, correct? We I think that's right, a, yeah. We should do a retro it. Ask Mumra special. Yeah. <laughs> a very special edition of Geek Shock where we bring Mumra out of the depths <laughs> of his tomb and ask him a series of questions. My cold keeps going. I'll sound like Mumra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. right. unadjusted. Right. That, that is impressive that because of your sickness, you've actually brought something that resembles food even if it isn't food. Right. I got jerky and a banana. Yeah. Hey, wow. you can live off of beef jerky, dude. And bananas. It's the potassium. Yes. Well, you and You're I can. We'd have this. a heart attack in about three days. But yeah. And your Arizona yeah. sweet tea, depends huh? on the. Oh. It depends on the jerky because uh, they're, you know... You know, in, the, in our trail survival guides when I was in scouts, we used to, or, or not survival guides, but survival packs, rather. Uh, we used to have beef jerky <laughs> There's a big there. difference. Huge difference. <laughs> we used to have jerky as one of the things because it is something you can walk and chew. Make sure you right. go down. And depending on which one you get, <laughs> a, a good one will have a lower fat content. So you're just getting the protein and then you're. Get you know your nuts and your. That's not what you want when you're trying food. to survive. You want as much fat as you can get. You say there were nuts in your jerky. No, I said, and then you have your nuts and oh. your dried fruit and so forth to forage, to man. Out. You're a yeah. scout. Well, no, I I've done that. I've eaten. You know, we've roasted crickets. What have you eaten? What, what, <laughs> what did you have to forage? What did you eat? Uh, I ate crickets. Scout master. I ate did you crickets. eat poo? Did you eat poo? No, I did not master. eat poo. <laughs> did you eat? Did you eat like live crickets you found, or did you eat like like well, crickets was the nickname we, for we, a scout we master? We caught crickets. <laughs> cotton, cotton ate crickets. Caught and roasted crickets. We used uh, an edible uh, foliage guide to, to spot what we could and couldn't eat in our immediate area, like vegetation What could wise. be behind this leaf, boys? So <laughs> Might be something worth eating. Let's go check it so out. in let's, Vegas. Let's look. Oh, no, you okay, grew up in Mr. Kansas. Okay, Mr. Cricket. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit different. I was going to say know. Vegas. So we got three plants here. That's all that grows in this area. You can eat one of three. <laughs> However, cacti is a good source of water if you know how to cut it open yes. properly. Yep. Every one of them or just certain ones? M- well, most, most cacti yeah. do have some uh, way to store water because obviously they need to. But uh, it's, it's all No one else has a good way of storing water? My mom! <laughs> huh. Drink your sweet tea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shot number up. 264. I am Master Torgo. My mom! Hades Jeff. Fact check Dandy. Flip Floppy Matt. No, I'm back. You are yeah. back. Both of you are back. Niagara fails. Where were you two last week, huh? huh? Oh. huh? Sucking them dicks. <laughs> Licking each other's stuff. <laughs> I was so fucking sick last week. I barely made it to uh, to uh, Ice Cream Social. And I sound like garbage. I slept during this time. I'd slept all day already. I slept all day again today for the most of the day. I just can't get over this stupid cold. And I have to just work. I don't have any off days, so... I took two off days two weeks ago, but this week I worked all week, and I talk all during my work shift, so... Jeez, right. Says, blah, 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 sniff, sniff, blah, 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 sniff, sniff. <laughs> Which is what you also do after your work. Uh-huh. Week, yeah, so. I sympathize. And all <laughs> that pays my, off, and you get the, uh, maybe. Maybe we'll go. Well, I had a good week, so it's all good. <laughs> so did I, actually. Good. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of your week, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week, or would you want to get off your chest? I'm gonna be quick. I did absolutely nothing except work. Oh, so that's not really a geeky yeah, thing. Way, way to bring exciting. down the house. I know. Yeah. 
that's why I wasn't here the last two weeks because of that. I don't want to know about your mon- mundane life. I don't want your I don't want your life story. And what did you do? <laughs> and, I want to well, know what you did to Mr. Crickets. <laughs> well, and funny, it's because I cracked this one open uh, to honor you, Matt. This uh, bottle of Pop Shop Cola because it says Canada's original since 1969. Mm. Hmm. 69. Yeah, I get um, it. I get it. <laughs> I watched a Summer shitload of. of um, Smash Brothers for the Wii U. Are you, are you? Did you get it for? I have it on my okay my it, DS. Okay, but it was on the Wii U. Is it getting you that closer to a Wii U? Yeah, I mean it's it's close, but it's still not enough yet. There's only like three other games. Yeah, and they're all Mario stuff. But I mean, eventually I'll get a Wii U one yeah. day. No, the library will get there. Right, but. Well, hopefully it stays around long enough. The library will get yeah, there. Even 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 though the the tech rumors are that Nintendo is about to abandon the Wii U and and develop a new console to try to compete with the yeah, current. Yeah, I mean that's been going around though for. Two but years. this is well, this is a newer article that I read saying oh. that because so many software developers are abandoning the Wii U because of the development proper problems that they're trying to win them back with a. Got to do something. More, more modern powered I console. I can see them bringing a new console out in 2016, but nothing before that. No. No, nah, there's... I can't imagine they'd have any remote time. Even 2016's... Uh, That's shooting for early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do much geek either. Uh, although Duncan uh, beat... Uh, Duncan got through all of the story of uh, um, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, did, did, wow. he ha- did he like hammer for it? Like now I'm just doing story F the side stuff. No, he's been screwing around there for the last couple of weeks, and uh, um, I, have, I was not watching him when he did that. He, I mean, he's been sort of running ahead of me, but he says that I'm only like a couple hours away from the end of the story. So, oh, so you haven't wow. been playing together? You've been ha- playing your own games separately and yeah, we've been, sharing. Yeah, we've been. We, we, he's been watching me play for a while, and then I'll watch him a bit of it, then I'll go to sleep, and he'll play for another couple hours, and yeah. Parenting its best. Stays yeah. up till four, five in the morning. Yeah, he's up to probably two on, <laughs> on, on, on Fridays usually. <laughs> on Fridays, yes, weekend, yes. Uh, I want to hear about your battle ram, Paul. Um It's awesome. This is the four horsemen's He Man. Mm-hmm. You looked so proud. It's really good. It's really good. I mean, it really took me back. That was the first vehicle I ever had in the line. I think at that time I had. I don't even know if I had He-Man yet, but I think I had just He-Man, Ram-Man. Ram-Man was the first figure I ever got. Ram-Man, He-Man, and then that battle ram. And that thing was just badass. And it shot that fucking missile. My mom saw that shit. She lost her mind. She's like, I never would have got that. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of solidified my love of Masters Universe right there. Did it shoot the kind of missiles he could choke on? Like the, no, uh, I mean, it was a big old orange safety thing. It was, you know, it's not the, not the most dangerous thing. You could... You could ding your head with it, but it wasn't like crazy. I, I had the Cylon Raider that you could choke on. Right. Yeah. I mean, when really, did start if you really worked all that on it, you could shit. choke on it, I Mid-80s? suppose. But it was pretty big. Because I remember some pretty hectic toys. Early on. 80s. Yeah. It's funny. My parents never worried about the, the toys that had the devices that would shoot. I mean, granted, you know, we were fairly poor. I didn't have a lot of toys growing up. But, and once uh, you have so many the, kids, you stop caring. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I, I just I was thinking of I just <laughs> just to thin the herd. They were concerned about another device that shoots in the bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> squirting out babies. Um, but no, I was it just it made me think about the fact that uh, you know it, myself included. All of my friends growing up had BB guns, and yeah, that was a big. And uh, we would set up like 
shooting ranges in our backyards, and many of them included action figures. That's true. Dude, the Red Rider Custom Classic. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, BB gun was part of my childhood. Yeah, I probably same. still have BB gun scars if I look. On my I said, back when we were back I, when we were in Kentucky, back in Lebanon, mm-hmm. BB gun target ranges included other people. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. You shoot at your friends. That we never did. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, they were. I never welts. I yeah. never yeah. shot anybody. But I was shot at a few times right. by psychos. Yeah, I still remember. Cr- I never shot anybody either. But my friends were shooting each other, and I was like, ah. "Oh crap!" I was shooting a BB gun. Like one of the first times I shot a BB gun, I was like the neighbor kid was trying to shoot at birds. He's like, "You try," and I'm like, like aimed right at the bird, and then like purposely like aimed off like two feet to the side. And if the sights were off, and I hit the damn bird. You got the bird right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Good I re- shooting. I remember shot. shooting. That was uh, that's exactly what uh, Bart did. I, I oh, yeah. yeah. I think every kid who has a BB gun has that moment of oh no, I kill the thing with an animal, mm-hmm. and it and that how you react to that moment defines you are going forward right. almost forever. Yep. And I put a bullet in the back of a, of a tiny little frog, a little BB in the tiny like the BB was almost as big as the frog. Yeah. It was like. Well, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Stop my, doing that. Mine was a coon, raccoon. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that sounded super racist, but anyways, a raccoon. Okay. Thanks, um, for, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I, uh, but the the back to the battle ram. It is sculpted beautifully. All the places where there were stickers on the original uh, toy are all now three dimensionally fleshed out and. Sculpted pieces. Oh, it's etched just, out. Yeah, okay. It's really, really, and, you know, just beautiful, beautiful piece. So, so it's better than the toy you had when you were a kid. Yeah. But only slightly. But it's but it's it's a really just very uh, faithful homage, uh, and, it, and it's just really, really good. So they re-released the whole toy line just better than the original? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. They went up in scale, and uh, by the end of this year, they will have released every figure... That came out in the original toy line. Good. Then they get on to my damn Micronauts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they got... Did Micronauts come back? I don't know. Four Horsemen are busy, too, man. They got a bunch of other little shit going on. But, uh, but yeah, and then I had to get some other stuff for the Black Friday sale today, early in the morning. And uh, they kind of... On Mattel? Yeah, they kind of fucked around with me, though, because I got on there so early, the sale wasn't quite going through yet. <laughs> I had to write them, because they're supposed to get free shipping, and it didn't go through. So. You, you know Black Friday's a couple days from now. Not anymore. Not, no. not according to retail. That's, yeah, that's so damn true. Retarded. Not according to online. Draw past the fashion show mall. They have big banners out. We're open. Fucking 5 p.m. Thanks. Uh, the previous night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah. Just yes. plain yeah. assholes. You will not catch me out there. Oh, hell no. Especially Fashion Jamal. It, well, I guess Fashion Jamal is for the tourists, and tourists are going to be here. But not when, I can get, when I can get deals just as good online, and I don't even have to get out of bed to place that order, mm-hmm. and in most cases, they'll ship it free to my home. <coughs> yeah. Is Screw that why brick and mortar yeah. retail places are opening up early and earlier to compete with Cyber Monday? Probably, I yeah. I think so. Well, guess what? You but, can't compete. Close your fucking doors. I know. And, and it's just... <laughs> It's gotten so out but of they control, get, that's too. That's just it. They get the crazy person money. They get the crazy person who doesn't have a computer money. And there's a, that there is a certain amount of money out there. I just, every year you've I seen see... The, you've seen the uh, South Park that they did last year. Yeah. The the Black, the three the Black Friday. Yeah. Oh, my God. With Xbox and the... Oh, my God. It's so good. There's no more... Yeah. Nothing else you need to say. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just a, They're okay. really good at encapsulating... 
points of larger problems and ideas. Oh, man. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just got to put it into relief. Just don't even... People, don't even do it. People, no. Yeah, people getting trampled to death, people shooting other people because they took the last of something on a shelf. Now, mind you, that I mean, is not something that happens everywhere. It's, sure. It's really, but it happens it's, often enough. It's the super exception and statistically near impossible. However, just the whole thought and idea of now that Thanksgiving is done that day on Thanksgiving, we have to go stand in line to get toy or computer thing or some electronic that's not really a samsung or a sony or yeah. just some some random company Man, i was doing yeah. some sort of samyo regular... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, i was sorting some sort of regular shopping this week and people were being stupid in the stores already it was already like insane i was just like you know going to buy you know, shoes yeah. or something stupid i can't remember what it was but yeah it wasn't shoes but it was something mundane and hey, you don't own it. i was gonna say you don't own any shoes what's what are you yeah. talking about buying shoes? <laughs> i own too many shoes. i actually just <laughs> bought uh so i love these these kicks that I have, these uh, red Air Force Ones that I got last year, and I found them again on Amazon, and I bought them again. <laughs> so I'm just going to get another pair of the exact same shoes. So when they give out, you're ready mm-hmm. for round two. Mm-hmm. There have been more than a few times I wish I had done that because I've I'll done get it a, a few shoe, times. And I'll be like, oh, this is super comfortable. And then they like eliminate that particular model. Yep. And you go back and it's like, I want another pair that you don't carry it oh, anymore. Sorry, sir. They discontinued it. Yeah. What? I used to wear Converse high tops all the time. And then I wore something else and realized that Converse high tops are like the most uncomfortable shoe in the <laughs> they world. Su- they really <laughs> are. There's nothing to them. They, if anything, damage your legs and feet. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I cur- when I started working on my current job, the that male, was the male heel. That there was the go. required <laughs> footwear. Was a pair of black Chuck Taylors. Yeah. And I remember getting home from work every day and going, no, absolutely not. <laughs> they forced I, you to wear those at Serendipity. Yeah. Fuck off. So wow. now. Even with the inclusion of enough uh, arch pads and whatnot, you even, know, even make if them acceptable. Even if you're gelling, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I because I have I gelling? have footwear requirements at my job as well, and it's not the easiest thing. It's a it's a dress shoe that I've spray painted gold. And, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, and uh, I've gone through many different inserts and soles and things, and I had uh, a little bit of that uh, plantar phlegitis. Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, it's fasciitis. It, fucking. Uh, Flat Cop feet, heel. basically. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, it, I do the same thing as you. You should get some Clarks. Those they're the better guys. now. My feet are better now. They've been through the the, the trial of fire. And now they've they've adjusted. <laughs> so you're the man to ask. Now they're when it comes. Well, to I'm three years deep with standing on concrete yeah. every day. So now your feet are done. all callus. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all callus and they're they're, they're Charlie callus. Actually, you're, you're basically. When like I take <laughs> my feet off. It's. But last week when we got into the uh, the. Uh, God damn you. Um, last week when we got into... My Charlie Callis feet. Celebrity Roast. That was what I was trying to come up with. Charlie, Charlie Callis was on them on the barbecue too. You need to get some Clarks. Perfect dress shoe. You just I bought... It, Andy. Well, the, the shoes were okay. Yeah. The shoes ended up being okay, but I got some Red Wing insoles that you, you, get you some red bake wings. in the oven. Yep. Dirty. Fuck the... Fucked the girl on a period and got insoles. Um, but these insoles, uh, you you put your you bake them in what? the oven. This is new. You bake them in the oven for a little bit, get them all juicy. Oh yeah, and it's then you like- slide them in your shoe. And then you put your feet in there while they're still warm. Yeah, it, oh, it molds what, it to your your shape of your foot. Yes, forms to your foot. 
And then uh, from there, it's easy life's, riding on Charlie Callis' feet. It's the same thing as like those mouth guards where you boil them and then you chew down on them. Yeah, so they use those all the yeah. time. Except you wouldn't put yes, these in your, in your mouth MMA as career. often. <laughs> no, of course not. Other than that, the same. <laughs> so I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, what a show. <laughs> it's No one expects Dragon Age Inquisition. I already did that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing it all week. <laughs> Non-stop. Yep. The whole bit. And? Like beginning to end. Mm, it doesn't stop. The Chief element is surprise. Boy, is it. No, that You're is, in surprise. I have put over 20 hours Already? into that game so far. I watched a little bit of that on Twitch, and I was like, boy, that's not my game. I just, it's not I, your those, game. Those fucking games, no. they, they, I don't know. But here's I the can't thing. walk around collecting plants. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> do it. I can't walk around and pick up plants. Ask him no. how much elf fruit he has. I'm sure he's got I a have, fuck to. I I watch for like, I'm like, I'm going to watch this ore. for five minutes. All right, I'm going to watch this for... For five more minutes. If you're not going to All he motherfucker did was collect plants. Well, I'm like, what kind of night? What kind of magic night yeah. goes around collecting fucking roots? I get home from work. First of all, that's He's your fault for game. following him. Because there's much more interesting things to do. Than I'm do sure that. there's more interesting things to but do. But Paul, the fact but that you have to do that at you, all. You don't. Well. But you can. Uh, and people do. Paul, if you're not <laughs> collecting and, roots. Yeah, I was going to say. You're going to have to carry a lot of jerky with you. That's fine. I'm all for cl- carry jerky. Nine carry times. a bunch of dragon jerky. <laughs> Because you know what, Paul? Nine times out of ten, when I get home from work and he's playing the game, he's collecting iron ore and elf fruit. Oh, that sounds way more interesting. And and and, and every now and then, I'm surprised when he's actually playing a story element of the game wow. because he's there's not out collecting. Z- there's something oddly zen about it. I can't. At least I'm jacking people out of their cars and smashing their face in the dashboard. Right. I mean, jacking. <laughs> you're, you're jacking people out of their cars. Oh yeah. Okay. I just fighting games is my zen. I, I That's the only thing that I can. It's got to be oh. constant action. Things are going. I'll go five fights deep. The AI ramps up too high, and I'm done. But I don't care. I still love that genre. But but then I'm only playing for like 25 minutes tops. Yeah. But this how is, I know this is you've good. already paid 20 hours this week. Yeah, I haven't put it, 20 hours into a game in years. It's been a long time for me too. And that's the thing is that it does not feel like Wasn't it at Destiny? all. <laughs> It's it. Usually, if I hit eight or nine hours on a game, I know it. But but the root collecting flies by. Mm. You bet it does. Mm. Your game meant you, know, you reminded me of something geeky I did, which is I played Catan and some jackass cut off my road. Hey, shut up, you! Split, no, you it wasn't you. It was him. I know, but you <laughs> fucked me over too. You fucked me over in that game. I needed the sheep port. Okay. All right. Yeah. You and your sheep fucking Catan. I Always the destroys board. the friendship. Yeah, Catan's <laughs> a good game. Y'all just need to learn how to play it. As he places his road. Sorry, Matt. Road goes down a settlement. Did you get that for the 360 yet? I haven't yet, no. You, Although you apparently, the, apparently the rules are different. The rules are different? I, might have just, I think I might have just had it wrong. Now that I a lot thought easier. about it a little bit. Well, I still haven't played a full game of uh, Star Trek Catan. I want to play that. The rules are a little bit different in that one. Yeah. I was at the bookstore just now, and I saw they have a Catan that's the United States. I'm like, hmm. I don't even want to go no. into a joke about that. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, the only jo- only thing I'll say is I, I, I retweeted uh, from a friend of mine's uh, spot or who no it wasn't a friend of mine but i retweeted his tweet who put this <laughs> some up? guy no it was uh i can't remember where it came from oh no facebook we're all friends here it was uh i believe it was matt no i'm, I'm not gonna i'm gonna attribute to, to the wrong person but anyway they said uh 
I thought it was a great quote. They said, we live in the America where Biff Tannen has the sports almanac. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's a perfect sentiment. That's really that good. That just sums it up without getting too political about yep. anything. I think from there, I'm just going to yep. go to news you don't give a shit about. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Uh, oh, director Josh Boone has revealed the news Josh that Boone was a man. Yes, was a big, big man. man. He directed a movie and he made really groovy. Uh-huh. I almost went somewhere bad with that. I stopped myself. <laughs> he directed a movie and he showed a bunch of booby. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible children's rhyme. It's awfully unracist. Oh, oh, okay. Well, don't do that. <laughs> Not on this show. Jeez. We have... We have Standards here at the Geek Shock. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Boone has revealed the news that he and Warner Brothers are expanding the Stand adaptation to more than one film. Speaking on a recent episode of Kevin Smith's Hollywood Babylon podcast, Boone discussed how he'd initially written the screenplay in a nonlinear style, starting with major events that happened late in the book and then flashing back in a bid to get all the key moments in by changing the structure. The budget for that version was apparently $87 million, but Warner Brothers and Boone disagreed on one key point. Warner Brothers wanted the movie to be big, packed with high action and major set pieces and blockbuster explosion-y stuff. Our readers of The Stand know that apart from a few key moments, it's not the novel not at all. That, you know, you know, now that I think of it, that novel has a lot of root collecting. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... So Boone was reluctant, quote, they came back and said, would you do it as multiple films? And I said, fuck yes. I loved my script and I was willing to drop it in an instant because you're able to do an even truer version that way, Boone said. So I think we're going to do like four movies. Yep. Unquote. So, I heard uh, a couple other interesting tidbits. They got, uh, was it Randall Flagg? Is that his name? Uh, yeah, this isn't confirmed, but it's looking like they're going to get McConaughey mm-hmm. for Randall Flagg. Um, is Nathan Tillion involved in this? Too, that I see that? Not that I know yeah. of. Okay. And I just drove a Lincoln because I'm just a man. And they also uh, had some soundtrack uh, news. They have uh, R.E.M. confirmed. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> they're going to play the end of the world as you know it? No. Oh. Stand <laughs> in the place where you live. Uh, okay. <laughs> now walk west. You're reaching. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> That one. Well, McConaughey, huh? M O O N. That spells moon. Moon, moon, moon. M O O N. Moon, 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 moon. M O O N. M O O N. That spells moon. If you believe there is an M O O N. Yeah, there you go. The B-52s. <laughs> They're going to do all of it. They're, yeah. Huh? Well, no, it's the, the whole thing. No, that's, that's, that's REM. Is it? Okay. In fact, it's a musical now. Okay. Huh. I would well, love if they do if REM. They don't they have music? Isn't Man on the Moon REM? Yes. yes. Okay. So if you're gonna do Moon Moon Moon, you could have gone with that. Are I you... could have, but I was doing the the thing from the thing, and I was oh, too busy yeah. using the, the thing. Who is the thing? What? The thing. Yes. I was already invested in the stand. As Did the you get bit. that thing yeah. I sent you? The end of the world as we know it is another good one. REM really should do <laughs> should be the soundtrack. Losing my religion. Yeah, it's all there. Everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. Dude, it's all there. With enough of your brain fired by the fever, your your thought process is like mine. It's Crush crazy. with eyeliner. What's the frequency, Kenneth? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've been writing the soundtrack to the stand the whole time. This is what we don't know. It's The it, fact is that Michael Stipe is a closet Stephen King fan. 
the fiend. I think he's actually. And he's Stephen gotten King. all. He's actually Stephen King. Yeah. He is Joe Hill. Yeah, that's it. He's Joe Hill. He's his son. Michael Stipe is Joe Hill in in. <laughs> he's gonna pull up the that end of bald, the world as we know it. He's gonna pull up that bald mask and <laughs> more jerky, huh? So what it kind of yeah, took I'm away going, from I'm double this. dipping. Uh, Josh Boone is not a director with a lot of clout when it comes to wrestling with a studio. So if the studio wants a big old blockbuster standy stand with lots of explosive set pieces, the stand's going to be a blockbuster. Explosive you're going to have to. You're going to have to look to the uh, uh, what's his name, Gary Sinise TV adaptation. You know, Parker Lewis can in fact lose terribly and that's the only that's and the disappoint only us that, in the making it's not bad it's it, not bad with what they had with the budget they had to work with and the time constraints and that's six hours without yeah commercials yeah it's pretty good so it's they good. did a fine job oh no i lost a whole jerk log <laughs> no that's yours now it belongs to you <laughs> or whoever wants it Five second rule. That's right. Look at you. News you don't give a shit about. Ubisoft <laughs> says that it is working hard to wipe out some of the numerous bugs and glitches still plaguing Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> Most notably, one that causes the game to crash. In a post on the Unity Live updates page, Ubisoft noted that the crash issue affects all versions of the game. And it's apparently triggered in the main menu after players press the continue button. Uh, Ubisoft says it is working hard on a final fix for this serious issue, but has provided a short-term workaround for players. Uh, Ubisoft says those experience the crash can use the following steps to prevent it from happening. So everybody, if you have Unity and you're having problems like everybody else is, up, down, uh, left, right, follow no, no, along. DLC. All right, here you go. This is what you have to do. First off, do not add any in-game recent player as a game contact. If you already have game contacts, perform the following to remove them. Go to My Brotherhood, My Contacts, Game Contacts, using right button one. Uh, focus on Contact LS. Uh, more actions, uh, that's Y triangle. Then remove from contacts. That's how you do it. Do you, do you need me to repeat it? How about they just release games? Uh, whatever. And this is why I haven't in, gone next gen yet. In other, this Ubi is very. This is this is. But unacceptable. They, were doing, they were doing that on the three. I, 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 ah, I, well, not to no, this no. degree. No, I wish I could say it was, but this affects all versions of Unity: PC, yeah. old gen, new mm -hmm. gen. Right. And in other Ubisoft games. In a new post for the official Far Cry 4 site, Ubisoft said that those PS3 users experiencing the PS3 data corruption bug will need to delete the game and install a new version. The bug came to light a short time after the game was made widely available on the platform. Ubi said that a new patch for the PC version of the game is also coming that fixes the black screen issue affecting some players that will be rolled in the following days. That issue causes some PC versions of Far Cry 4 to go directly to a black screen of death. How about you hire some competent programmers instead of a rusty potato you set in front of the, the keyboard? The problem isn't new gen. The problem isn't old gen. The problem is <laughs> marketing. No, the problem is setting a staunch holiday release date. Come hell or high water. Yeah, and the yeah. and the annualization of all this shit. Yes, like, let shit cook for a little bit. Damn it! I don't. I don't, I don't mind uh, with this series because I could give a fuck about Assassin's Creed. It's like the only big game out there that I'm just like. Don't even care. They the, lost me after the first one. The 
thing is they the last one was so good but not because it was an assassin's creed game in fact it was good because it wasn't is that the one with the pirates and stuff? Yeah, yes. that was Black the pirates. Flag. That was the best part, right? Yeah, yes. the boats and shit. Yeah, in why fact, don't they just do a w- good pirate game? Uh, I understand they are working on that. Flying Labs had one a few years back called Pirates of the Burning Sea. I played that MMO. Really oh, good. That's MMOs are super exciting. <laughs> How okay, many okay, Mr. Can you get? Okay, Mister. Let's How uh, many let's spoil it for this goddamn elf weed for seven hours a day. Uh, Yo ho ho! Uh, or as I like to call it, weeds. MMO. <laughs> In that case, it's elf seaweed. But yeah, what? I'm saying it was good. And I finding some roots. And I haven't talked finding to anybody yet. Finding more roots. I haven't talked to anybody yet that has like level unity. cap thirty. Level cap thirty. Pieces of eight. Pieces of eight roots. MMO. MMO pirates. Searching for booty. Do you know about the uh, the? Uh, there's a way to play uh, Grand Theft Auto Five as a seagull now. Is like Jonathan Jonathan Livingston seagull. You ever see or you play a seagull and the seagull can poop on command. You poop is button. that in the uh, console versions as well? I don't know. That's, that's got to right? be, be a PC mod, mod. right? Yeah. yeah. All I know is when I saw that elephant mod, that was that's made my day. That's been my favorite thing I've ever seen on Grand Theft Auto. I don't like that new Grand Theft Auto. I don't like it. No, sure, I don't like it. Five. Yep. Okay. What rubs you wrong about it? The three characters are all pretty much unlikable. Yes. Um, and you're forced to play with as as all of them. Yep. You have very little agency. And ever since the the you know Vice City, they've had they've insisted on putting more and more character into the character, not letting you just be Claude the Silent Killer. And uh, I don't know, it just detracts from it in some ways for me. You know, when you have voice coming out of the character you're playing, that is not the voice you want. It's the same thing with giant quotation marks RPGs on consoles. Mm-hmm. That's not role-playing. You are being led down a path. You are following a predetermined path for the most part. There is a certain amount of freedom, but not nearly like what you could do with pen and pad. To call oh, them yeah. RPGs takes it takes a, a whole thing away, in my opinion. But that's always been video game yeah, RPGs. Yeah, but people don't understand. Yeah, RPG fans very much understand. It's, mm. it's always been about statistics and die did. rolls behind the game. Fart, Always fart, been that. fart. From Wizardry, Ultima, all the way up. Even if that was the case, just you, you can't say, I don't know. There's just not enough player agency. Clear, clearly, you need to download the seagull thing because you know, that's what you're missing in that game is playing Yeah, flying seagull. around pooping on people. Then I'd be like, wee! That's agency. <laughs> that, there's something to it. The immersion. Oh, you know what I got to play in finally is uh, Just Cause Two. Oh God, that's good times. That's so that's much good, ridiculous man. fun. It's not quite there, like it's it's ninety percent of what it needs to be. There's still some problems, but oh I, sure, I'm just getting cracking into the new Game Informer, and Just Cause Three is the big the big uh, headline. So maybe they'll get it right. I hope they seem to know what what really works, what people really like about that game. It From does, interviews that I've read. It does have that feel of um, uh, Saints Row the Third and Beyond, which is wonderful. Now, that's a game where you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Just because you are you have those superpowers to be able to do that. Right. You're not limited by being, say, a human. Right. Well, I well, I'm not saying I'm saying in just cause as well. Even you have, but you're like 
with well, just cause. You're a superhero in that when it comes down to right. it. Right. You're a technical superhero. Yeah, you're a technical superhero, and you just fly a jet into a dude and just jump out at the last second yep. and throw your arm. You're basically the Bionic Commando. Yeah, pretty much so. It's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. It's ridiculous fun. Yeah. Speaking of ridiculous fun, Weekend Geek! Hey. Dickless fun, everybody. Dickless fun. That was last week. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I heard contrary comments from the fans. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, what did you think when you listened to it? I didn't get to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to it when I'm on. What are you thinking? <laughs> Walking Dead director Michelle McLaren has signed on to helm the 2017 Wonder Woman film, making her the first woman to direct a superhero film <coughs> since the age of shared universe storytelling began. She's best known for directing Breaking Bad, for which she received two Emmy, Emmy nominations for directing, and shares two Emmys for Outstanding Drama Series as one of the show's executive producers. She's also worked on The X-Files, The Walking Dead, The Leftovers, and Game of Thrones, where she's directed four episodes over the last two seasons. So that's going to be who's in charge of that cool. throwback well, Wonder Woman. That's a good that's, resume. Yeah, that's DC Absolutely. getting a brain. That's that is a step in the right direction. Yeah, certainly. I hope she has a script to work with, man. Yeah, well, we all do. DC, hang it up. I think it was smart doing a uh, hiring a woman director, though. Absolutely. Academy Award Oscar uh, nominee Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Oscar de la Yes. Oscar de la Hoya. Oscar de la Hoya is set to play Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. No, uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, he was, uh, after roles in films like Sucker Punch and Robin Hood, Isaac broke out last year with his performance inside Llewellyn Davis, which earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor, as well as numerous other awards and honors from critics. His performance in the upcoming A Most Violent Year is already drawing critical praise. He's also one of the leads in the upcoming Star Wars The Force Awakens. I have not seen Inside Llewellyn Davis. I haven't either. I, don't yeah, if I have, but not, it. it's not on account of not trying. Huh? Huh? <laughs> hey, oh. Um, we're not giving you that one. We're not going to give you that one. <laughs> You're going to give me that. Come on. Come on, Llewellyn. Just one date. Huh? Come on. You got to give me that. I'd Wait. like to see inside Llewellyn Davis. This character is Welsh? I didn't realize that. Okay. Huh? I didn't realize this character was Welsh. Who okay. knows? It's Who craven. cares? It's what? It's gravy? Craven. craven. It's craven. craven. Oh, Craven the Hunter, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I'm Craven the Hunter. I'm from Australia. You're from Russia. Nope. <laughs> I'm from the Australian part of Russia. We've had this dick measuring contest already. <laughs> I'm from Russia. Mate. <laughs> Throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's what Russians do. Yeah, they do. That is not a knife. This is knife. <laughs> awesome. I want to see that. You better sound somewhat like the 90s X-Men Apocalypse, because that's all I can hear when I think of Apocalypse. You're talking the cartoon? Yes, the animated series. I don't know what that sounds like. Which one? A 90s X-Men. Oh, it sounds like that. It's like... But uh, my butthole really itches, and I that can't reach it. That is not how he sounds. Apocalypse? Yes. From that cartoon? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was exactly that. No. Oh, boy. These pants are real tight. My butthole's all itchy. Man. You know what's no. bad about this suit? The way my butthole gets itchy. Well, here's the thing. I have a back sweat thing, and the sweat just drips down, and then scratchy scratch as much as I want. No dice. 
it just takes too long to get the pants off and on. That's all. That's my issue. Look, it looks great. The pants look great, but they just don't come off easy. I have to say, now this is the voice of apocalypse from my head. <laughs> <laughs> you X Men, you think you have all the answers. You you have some nice costumes, but uh, I'll tell you what really matters is being able to take your pants area off and on rapidly, efficiently. By yourself. No, it's more like you face apocalypse, like like that. I'm sorry. Oh, he's got the what he called to him. He's but he's. He's, You said three words. I couldn't grasp the voice of that. But it's that same voice. (laughs) You will face apocalypse. That's yes. Ah, and you will die. More more higher pitch. So you will face no, apocalypse. No, 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 you no. will face apocalypse. <laughs> that first one was kind of like Mumra. So. Yes, it is. Welcome to auto-tuning Paul. Apocalypse, <laughs> You will face apocalypse. I'm, I'm waiting for skills to come in and start scratching. You will face apocalypse. Oh, and you will die. That's, that's the voice now. Here's the problem. Okay. My butthole just itches so bad. bad. <laughs> Oh, what an itchy butthole. <laughs> Who put this tank of helium in my lair? Professor Xavier, <laughs> you and your pathetic X-Men will face your doom. It's that damn uh, cartoon character from the Punky Brewster cartoon. <laughs> the, the little magic rat Bungie? Thing. That was the yeah. same, that oh, same God, voice. Bungie. Like, Bungie. Bungie. Bungie sound yeah. more like this. this is Bungie. Yeah, jump. Bungie have springy legs. Hey, Parker. No, Bungie. <laughs> no, they were, they were in the 80s. Every cartoon, uh, every event, cartoon thing eventually had, had the apple in the throat character. Yep. Bungie. Rubik the Amazing Cube. Rubik the Amazing Cube <laughs> kind of sound like this, too. Yeah. You know what was great? Meat Rubik, Rubik was far more progressive than I remember. <laughs> the kids that hung out with him were of Latino descent. Yeah. It was a very uh, forward-thinking cartoon in retrospect. Yeah. Of course, it was also a cartoon based on a flipping puzzle, but well, <laughs> I fucking loved it. I remember watching it, but I can't remember a single episode. I can't it's either. No, it's I no went back and watched Christmas. it on YouTube a couple like a year ago. It's I needed a refresher. <laughs> Basically, he shatters all the time, and it's like ah fuck. Uh, and then well, he, he gets, gets like scrambled together. somehow, and and, and the, the kids gotta unscramble him so that he can. Come back and save he them. He has and that levitation happens. powers. Okay, like he can like shoot the beams magic at cube. people and shit. He's the amazing cube. Yeah, the amazing cube. Yeah, yeah. right. Rubik, he's our friend. Rubik, the amazing cube. My name is Rubik. That's right. That's how it would go. And then they go, "Hola, Rubik. We are having tostitos tonight. <laughs> 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 They're having chips that weren't made yet." See, Rubik. Well, to be fair, at the time, Menudo was all the rage on Saturday morning. That was what it was. So. It was, it was Menudo young... on ABC. <laughs> a young Ricky Menudo Martin on ABC. Is what, uh, is what created Rubik the Amazing are, Cube. Are those Menudo cartoons basically Jackson 5 and uh, Don? And, no, they and had live and... action music videos. Oh, okay. I don't remember a cartoon. Yeah, I don't either. But I just I... remember they, you'd be sitting there watching your cartoon and all of a sudden, do. Menudo is on. and you're Is like, that the voice? Play the, put it up next to the thing. <laughs> he found the sword button. Niagara fails. <laughs> oh, okay. Slowly, I crept. Gonna get it? Step <laughs> by step. I deserve it. You think you do the same old one, corrupt and weak? 
That's apocalypse. Oh, so... That's what I was doing. No, you were no, not. So if you would have done that voice underwater, that would have been the sound. You think you can stop me, <laughs> Xavier and your pathetic mutants? Hey, well, he's got also some uh, enhancements going on. Yeah, there. he sounded like it was a underwater little, digitally. Got a bit of electronic shit going on. Somebody mic'd him up right. That's <laughs> not all in the voice. Somebody put a metal thing on my head. Oh, speaking of which, Uh-oh. I need to get my... I'll find something. You're just, put are, your jerky you down. Are you looking for the urine jar? <laughs> no. Are you looking for something to sing into so you can be robot in jail? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We have removed all implements that may potentially make you sound like the failed robot in jail. Uh, I'll bring it back. Did you see Ace's picture of robot in jail? No. I, no. Hmm. Yeah. Ace did an awesome drawing of robot in jail. Nobody can hear this. you. He's like, don't forget it. Nobody can hear me. Okay, here we go. Yeah, because you got a mouthful of jerky. <laughs> I do. He's talking into the jerky, which is really going. <laughs> it's, it's robot and jerky. <laughs> he had the jerky in one hand. He had the microphone in the other hand. He was speaking into the jerky and had the microphone off to the side. Almost bit the microphone. It was awful. <laughs> Could have been real bad. Christoph Waltz is expected to be named as James Bond's latest opponent in the next film next month. Uh, previous reports suggested Waltz would initially portray a conflicted role, neither friend nor foe, in the new Bond movie. However, the Mail in England, which initially reported that the casting scoop, now suggests that the Austrian actor is set to play Blofeld for the first time on the big screen in more than three decades. Ernst Stavro Blofeld is perhaps best known and certainly the most ubiquitous Bond villain, uh, variously portrayed on big screen by Donald Pleasance, Charles Gray, and Telly Savalas, as well as inspiring the character of Dr. Evil in Mike Myers' Austin Powers films. He was last see- seen played by Max von Sydow in 1983's Never Say Never Again. Were we oh, talking about right. that? Were we talking about that here, or was that... I think it was another... Somewhere else. There was a... Um, when they did the other Bond, when they when they had the whole fight with the Who Owns Right the Bonds, and they had a Bond movie that was oh, like out yeah. of the great broccoli battle. Yes, yeah. uh, when they did that, they um, they killed Blofeld in the in the other one. It had you had Kevin McClory and Albert Broccoli. They had they they went to court over the writing credits for. Um, I just totally blanked out on which film it was now. For your eyes only. No. Because isn't that the one that they never say quote, never again quotes, uh, killed Blofeld? Well, never say never again. At the very is, beginning, dumps him in the is it? Yeah, yeah. dumps him in the chimney. I yeah. may be conflating stories. I'm sorry. Was that they did that to do a to do away with the character? Oh, I think that I think, would be around the time they were looking at doing. Yeah, that I, I think again, they killed so him off. It was sense. well, yeah. They, they, they dropped it, the very first appearance of uh, uh, Roger Moore. Roger Moore as Bond. They have a, you don't you don't ever see his face, but Blofeld mm. in a wheelchair, yeah, pilot, kitty. taking over his helicopter. That was the fourth appearance of Roger Moore. Fourth, it was. Yeah. I thought it was the first one, and then that's they just killed him off oh, immediately. Oh, I don't even know anymore. Jeez, it's been too long. But I'm pretty sure that one's from uh, Fear Eyes Only. Is that opener? Okay, I have no idea. It's definitely not the that, first one I because that's that the voodoo one. I remember it, that opener. Oh, yeah. Die because he takes that. Da-na-na. Da-na-na. He takes the Da-na. helicopter against the wheelchair. Yeah, 
and uses the the put the, me down, Mister Bond. What is it? What do yeah. you call those? The skiffs. The skids. Skids. The skid. He he hooks the wheelchair on a skid. The skiffle bands. Drops him on. Drops him in a. Yeah, drops him in a chimney. <laughs> Industrial <laughs> chimney. But spoiler you're right, alert. It's weird. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. It's, yeah, the, it's spoiler. the beginner. Fuck you, spoiler. Yeah. Go watch it on YouTube right now. It's pretty funny. It's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which, again, weird because Blofeld is a major villain. Kill him off at the beginning of the movie and don't show his face. So it's obviously been shoehorned in there for some reason. And that battle you're referring to seems like the perfect culprit. Yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, because, yeah, Never Say Never Again and Thunderball are the same film. And I don't... I... Really don't script. think it's considered Bond canon that he was taken out that way. I think no. that's they've kind of rewritten the back that that was some other guy. And and especially since you never you never really see his face and it, it's such a short ridiculous yeah. segment and, it, and, it, and it's it, such a lousy way to take yeah. out a, a major character. That, yeah. yeah, no, you never really. Uh, that was across three yeah. other Bond films. Prior. Yeah, I like the I like the the fan theory that. Bond is not a man; it's a title. The That's a seven. fine thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and they almost played off on that on the you know Casino Royale oh, boot yeah. when at the very beginning of the film. For, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen Casino Royale <laughs> with God. David Cra- Daniel Craig rather by now. Um, you know it when he's going on his quote first double O mission to get his double O title. You know this license to kill. They're playing it off like. The character, like the name James Bond, has been around for a while, but he is now taking on that title of James Bond 007. So they never specifically say it, but they hint at it as they go through that opening it's a, scene. It's a good way of making the whole thing a canon of yeah, right. sequence. So I, I'm, I like that theory a lot. It's just a theory, but it's fun. I watched um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off with after I'd read that fan theory and that definitely changes the movie that which uh, fan theory was that it's all in Cameron's it's all in Cameron's head. head the whole movie's in Cameron's oh, head okay yeah it's it's that's a fun one that can work on certain levels there's a lot of fun fan theories out there there's a lot of bunk ones but there's some that a lot of thought was put into it. Yeah, most are bunk yeah let's, let's just go as far as to say most are bunk it's Sturgeon's <laughs> Law 90% of everything is crap but yeah, it is fun if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Did Nowadays, a sturgeon come up with that? Because <laughs> their life is pretty shit. Yes. Ted <laughs> Sturgeon, the science fiction I writer. Of of everything is crap. Oh, it's Apocalypse. It's Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it turns out I'm a sturgeon. <laughs> Touch for the very first time. From the future, like a sturgeon. <laughs> it's a higher-pitched merman. Yes, that's what apocalypse is. And it's from the past. I'm, I'm a sturgeon from the past. No, no, you... <laughs> I'm a sturgeon from the past. They'll never forget me. I will never know how you do that with your throat. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a it's sturgeon. A tu- it's a tube and throat thing, thing. It went hand in, f- hand, in hand with me getting rid of my gag reflex. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to get a job in this town. Not for me. That was one of the weirder things last week when you weren't here, Paul. Was was me throwing things to you when you weren't there? Did you yeah. <laughs> I really you think wa- about it. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> he, he would toss it without even thinking. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's no, there's nobody sitting in that chair. <laughs> I, I was coming up with scenarios and making suggestions of characters for you to do, and you just weren't there. 
Are you struggling with that banana? I'm struggling with a banana. I got two <laughs> do yourself, banana listen, banana. do yourself a favor. Turn it around. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. 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 Hold it lengthwise. And, and, and take Squat the top and just kind of squeeze and twist a little bit. This no, is not the top. With your finger. Yeah. That. That's the bottom of the banana. Do it like a monkey does. Just take, take this it. and then the twist a little bit and you should be able to pull it right out. There it's opening. Yeah. Oh, look at that. That is how a monkey opens a banana. From the ba- from the ass up? Yes. Oh. That is that is a official proper way. The other way is going to foil you if it's green. You're right. Well, I guess it was too it was green. Greener than Wow, I that was green is my weird. You see, we're magic here. I've never seen that done before. Education. Apparently I'm not watching enough monkeys. Well, it's a bar thing. As uh, as much of a awesome visual as that was that you guys got Bartender to see. Are monkeys? Um <laughs> We'll have to put up something online to show you how ban- monkeys open bananas. <laughs> I'm Sometimes sh- they just chew right don't, through don't forget, the peel. If you want the banana, pinch the bottom. Well. <laughs> and don't Hello, ladies. Describe the tip. A wonderful, a wonderful shirt uh, on the strip the other day. It had uh, that's it had the words "That's what" in giant capital letters. With quote, <laughs> With quotes around it, and then below that, it had a little dash and she. <laughs> oh, nice! Pretty fucking funny. That's pretty. Funny. <laughs> that's what she said. It was funny as hell. That's what, and then she. It's rare you see a. It's rare you see a clever T-shirt on the strip. What? It's rare you see a clever T-shirt. Usually, it's it's uh, some some awful. Logo. Most of them are variations on Game Over with the married couple and the guy not able to play video games anymore. Right. Um, there's or, a lot or, of that. Or um, I was a jack off in Las Vegas. Uh, there's some of that. But Keep there calm are, and carry on bullshit. There's uh, a few. There's a few uh, goodies. There's a few goodies out there. In the same vein as your shirt, Paul. One time walking through Caesars this summer, I walked through and there was a cute young lady wearing a shirt that said, "That's what I said." Nice. And I was like, "Nice. I like that." It made me giggle the whole That's evening. That's good. That's what I said. <coughs> Global Frequency, a 12-part 2002 miniseries from comics legend Warren Ellis, is getting another shot at TV. Jerry Bruckheimer, behind Pirates of the Caribbean and Armageddon, has landed a pilot commitment for the new adaptation of Global Frequency at Fox. The pilot will be scripted by Farscape creator and Defiance co-developer Rockney S. O'Bannon. You Defiance. And will join Supergirl and Lucifer as DC Comics-inspired projects. The book originally came from DC's now-shuttered Wildstorm imprint. Wildstorm! Ellis will also serve as an executive producer on the show. Originally a series of 12 standalone stories linked by a premise. Global Frequency is the story of the titular Covert Ops organization, which operates worldwide through the mysterious private funding under the leadership of Miranda Zero. Membership in the group is largely anonymous, and his mission is to battle threats the public doesn't know about, namely government projects gone wrong. Oh, man. And was it a planetary spinoff, or am I just mixing up things? Probably mixing up things. Or maybe even authority spinoff, knowing that it's Mm, Wildstorm. Okay, yeah. That could be possible. Wildstorm Ellis is behind both, so. Yeah. But uh, but if Ellis is involved, I'm about willing to give anything a shot because he doesn't get involved all that much in stuff. Right. So. All right. And he's a he's got that crazy that he like people like him and Garth Ennis have when right. it comes to writing comics. So. In fact, I will often confuse the two because yeah, you know, Ennis Ellis is pretty close. Sure. 
but yeah, I'm good luck to this one. And it's, they've tried to make this a few times at this point. So we'll see. Author and expert roboticist Daniel H. Wilson's Robopocalypse and its sequel Robogenesis may or may not ever make it to the big screen, but Wilson's original idea for a new science fiction thriller, Alpha, was optioned by Brad Pitt's Plan B. It is on the fast track forward to a completed screenplay being written by Wilson himself. The exact plot synopsis of Alpha is a secret, but it's said to be a realistic sci-fi survival story in the vein of Jack London's White Fang. This is the second genre project grabbed by Pitt's production company after its acquisition to the rights to Scott Snyder's eerie supernatural comic book series, Witches, with a Y. Alpha is also to be directed by a first-time what? director. Witches with a Y? Witches with a w- W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. Witches. Goes, goes along with magic with a K. Witches with a Y should be like, I don't know, because I was bored. Why? Because we like you. Why? Boogity 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 boo. Why, Coven? We like you. <laughs> I see a T-shirt. No, it's Coven. Coven, coven. <laughs> with a Q. <laughs> coven. Yeah, which is which? Which is with a Y in Coven? Coven with you, yeah. <laughs> Alpha is to be directed by first-time director Anthony Scott Burns, who initially garnered attention from his Tron Destiny fan trailer and short film Manifold. Manifold? What's happening with Tron? Haven't heard much. I keep I'm looking. waiting for that series to come out on DVD. It's so good. Oh, the animated one? Yeah. It was so good. I don't know. It's It almost feels like Disney's putting all of its sci-fi eggs in the Star Wars basket. I finally got um, Thundercats on Blu-ray. They okay. Came, that new, the new Thundercats. There's a new Thundercats? Oh, yes. you mean the one from like five years ago? I guess. Like three, Has it been well, that long? Three years, like from, I guess. It's it's at least three, but yeah, I think closer to five. It feels like a long time. I'd only had two seasons and was killed. Uh, I never saw any of it. Was it good? Yeah, it's good. It ends on a cliffhanger. Oh. so I love that. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? not going to watch it then. No, I'll watch it. You kidding me? It's good. Why? Because the first one had such a perfect arc. It had some good arcs. No, no, I mean one overthrow fair arc. Yeah, well, kind of. Not yeah. I hate when series oh. end on cliffhangers like that. Your it drives me absolutely. On your leg. Yes. Last one I watched. You got some calamari yeah, dropped on your I leg. Love Jericho. Yeah, that was a good show. But then they brought Jericho back and for a little mini series and and like resolved some of it. But kind of yeah. left it very open at the end. The wow. one that I still that still sticks with me and it's like twenty plus years now ago. Was Alienation? I used to. I no. I, I used to love that TV too. series. And when they did, fit, they ended on a they, cliffhanger. Yeah, they ended the. Uh, it was like season two or three finale. I think it made it to on three. a cliffhanger, and and then Fox canceled it. I watched that show a bunch. It was a good show. And then they did. Yeah. They did a couple years later bring it back as a, a TV movie mm-hmm. that they wrapped up that storyline. But it was just like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. That was my first instance that I can recall going, I'm never going to know what happened. That, I am never going to know what happened. first dealing with Fox and how they cancel everything uh, sci-fi. <laughs> that is one of the first examples I can remember of a TV show being better than the movie it was based on. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. The TV show was better than the movie. I, uh, the Highlander series, Highlander series was better than everything but the first movie. 
And well, I, I was not. A, that, that's not saying much. I, I am immortal. I wasn't a I fan of the series. Me blood of kings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. We <laughs> have no rival. I will fight no you. No man one. can be my equal. Suck this dick all day until you die. <laughs> That's, I We've discussed this before. Rule. I really love that first movie, but but yes, you know Chris, rest, Christopher yeah. Lambert has yeah. is a little weird. Now. Christopher it's, Lambert, <laughs> I talk weird. I'm reading. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's like he's trying to do the weird Bane okay. voice. Of yeah, kinda, like. yeah, it's like I'm gonna do three accents at once. I'm three. I'm pre Bane. There can be only one. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. It's not about death, but life. If you believe that, I've got some fucking bridges in the nether realm to sell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, but in the series, they actually pulled together the mythology and made it try and make sense. And yeah, it was good. Well, you really couldn't hurt it at that point. So you couldn't hurt it after friggin' the second one. It's yeah. like Connor McCloud or the Clan McCloud or the planet Zarkon. Oh yeah, <laughs> of the planet Zarkon. Oh, you, oh, you, you didn't remember saw that? It? Oh. I didn't watch any of that garbage. Highlander. I do not like That's, the Highlander. Oh yeah, That's smart. Highlander two. The Electric whole premise Boogaloo? is the reason why they were immortal is they were from another planet, and their punishment was to be put on Earth and be immortal. <laughs> <laughs> it was so goddamn but ridiculous. But now, why? How do they fight each other to the death and shit, though? Like they uh, cut each other's heads off. Yeah, they mm-hmm. remove the head and with them their power, and you're supposed yeah, to be able to absorb yeah. absorb their power and. But their, if only um, one of them can be, there's can only be only one. But then there's still a bunch of them out there. Well, no, everyone once they kill one, another like rival a, a pops human, up. Yes, like a human that dies will become an immortal. Type thing. That's how. That was how if, the TV if there's series. a what? if there's a human. That's how it was. Okay, a human that dies. I, I someone will, dies. I will explain oh. it very simply. You okay. better. Someone has to. When one immortal kills it. another immortal you. by removing their head, the quickening happens, which is a big electrical yes. okay, lightning bolt thing. And saying, yes. now, if there is a human present and they get struck by that quickening lightning at the same time, they also absorb that immortal power and become that. Now, that's the TV series. That was not part of the. Did that the happen original all the movie. time? Uh, got, got I, I don't. I only remember it happening once. I was not a huge fan of the TV series. In fact, I, I piecemeal watched it all the way through. But and I, I just I never was a big fan like, of the TV series. My advice would be kill people far away from everything. Make well, sure well, that- typically when you when one immortal was facing another immortal, it was just the two of them because. It's such a dangerous fight because they're both very skilled. Because there's and swords in both heads, yeah. so, so, Well, yeah. it's it's the same kind of bullshit that the uh, Star Wars ran into with the Sith Apprentice crap. They started with, like, there's always two, one master and one apprentice. Yeah, what happens when one of them goes away? Well, fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you had whatever that is, it's a tootsie, tootsie roll. roll. Tootsie roll looked just like a cigar yeah. when you said that. It was. <laughs> Really he's, a, he's the best he is at what he does and what he is talking about. What I do is not mouth. very nice, bub. But anyway, Paul, in the in the Highlander <laughs> two movie, they put all this space sci fi crap in there, and that was the way that they could bring back uh, the Sean Connery character. And it it got it it was so bizarre is and he convoluted. In the first one? Yeah, yeah, he's killed in the first one. I remember being on a lot of worst movie lists. Like top ten versus the second one, and yeah. it was so, it was so poorly received that the director and uh, the editor went back and took like a lot of extra footage that they'd cut out 
and they basically did this what they called the renegade director's cut where they cut out all of the sci-fi references and tried to make it a true sequel to the first film and it, it it's actually better than highlander 2 that was theatrically released Again, not but hard. it's still not a great film. Polished turd. Yeah, I, th- I think it they... was. It was. It was. It was like okay, good. They removed all of this references to the the other planet and Zargon. And Zar- yeah, something, something like crazy that. like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> if you get a chance, just for a historical perspective, Maybe. you should watch it yeah. and just marvel at the how sheer awesome. You know what? It, it, of how it bad is, it is. It is calling for a mystery science theater. Uh, oh, for yeah. certain. I would. They. they I'd would be amazed have, if there wasn't a riff tracks for that. <laughs> There's an endless amount of material there to riff. A new version of George Orwell's 1984 has been in development at Sony, and now director Paul Greengrass, who is behind Captain Phillips and The Bourne Ultimatum, is taking charge of the project, which is still in the early stages of development. The script will be penned by James Graham, who did the Finding Neverland musical. Uh, Orland, Orwell's 1984 is a genre classic focusing on a world where, due to a perpetual war, state surveillance is omnipresent. It was also it also coined the now famous phrase "Big Brother" in reference to overtly oppressive government surveillance. The film was last adapted for the big screen in 1984 by director Michael Radford, with John Hurt starring as Winston Smith. A loose remake, dubbed Equals, is also in development, starring everyone's favorite, uh, Kristen Stewart. I thought for a second you were going to say, the new version of 1984 is in production. It was called the George W. Bush presidency. (laughs) On a a side note there, because you mentioned... The Obama presidency, for that matter, carrying on the same shit. uh, The Neverland there, uh, Thursday night, they're doing a... On NBC, they're doing a live action... Yeah, uh, the theatrical production of Peter Pan. Yes. And Christopher Walken is playing Captain Hook. Sure. The dancing looks, man himself. It looks amazing. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't um, speak I, for the rest of the acting, but the clips I've seen of him, like the rehearsal stuff that with him as Captain Hook, I'm just like, yes. I'm waiting yes. for Captain uh, Sign Hook me up. And uh, Peter Pan. Well, Walken uh, is uh, Captain uh, Hook? Yeah. Christopher Walken <laughs> is Captain Hook. I will uh, get, get you. I don't you know, like these alligators. <laughs> This alligator and, uh, bit my and, hand. Uh, talking here. Bit it clean is... off. Stuck it up his ass. Smee, I need some more cannon. More cannons. The only cure is more cannons. What's wrong, <laughs> Peter Pan? Why? Why are you still a boy? It's time to grow up. Let loose these childish things. Come on my ship. I want to show you under the cabin. I want to fuck you. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. I want to fuck you terribly. Come on. Come on. Come on, Peter Pan. It's time. Let's put this behind us. Let me put this in your behind. (laughs) Yeah, we all saw that. We we all want to say that at the same time. Yeah, they saw it coming. You won't, Peter. (laughs) Because it's up your ass, you understand. Directly up your, your your butt. See, I thought he was alluding to the fact that he said it's time to come on, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that works, too. Yeah. I'm going to stretch your sphincter so wide, you'll be able to ride in the crow's nest without hanging, hanging on with your hands. <laughs> Just stick you on the mainsail. <laughs> Just put you up there on the mast. <laughs> Boom. You'll be like the star on a Christmas tree, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're somewhere between Peter Pan and Vlad Tepes. 
of the most acclaimed fantasy novels of the last decade is coming to the screen next year. Susanna Clarke took fantasy literature by storm in 2004 with the publication of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, a sweeping alternate history novel that examined the lives of two magicians, often at odds with one another, living in England during the time of the Napoleonic Wars. The, na- the novel captivated readers not just because of its characters and its approach to magic, but also because of its exploration of English history, culture, lit- and literary tropes. The book was named the best novel of the year by Time Magazine. It earned a Hugo Award, a World Fantasy Award, and a Locus Award, among others. After various movie attempts, BBC One opted to adapt the novel into a television series. Here is the plot summary. Set at the beginning of the 19th century, England no longer believes in practical magic. The reclusive Mr. Norrell of Hertfew Abbey stuns the city of York when he causes the statues of York Cathedral to speak and move. With a little persuasion and help from the man of business, uh, Childermass, he goes on to London to help the government in a war against Napoleon. It is there Norrell summons a fairy to bring Lady Pole back from the dead, opening a whole can of worms. The seven-part series, written by Peter Harness, who did Wallander, will arrive on BBC America next year, marking the end of more than a decade of trying to get Clark's book on screen. Okay. I've never read this book. I, it's a huge tome, though. I haven't read it either, so I, I'm not familiar with the source material at all. Nope. Nobody's read it here. Yeah. We need yeah. Kirsten. Yeah, this is, yeah. This we is know about it. This is it's definitely K territory. <laughs> but if you're a fan of that book, it's coming, and BBC's doing it. It tends well, to do BBC things pretty well. Which, which next week it'll probably be the first thing he talks about. He's like, all right, you fucks, listen up. <laughs> this is a book you should have read a long time ago. Here's what happens. <laughs> it's coming. Directly on Peter Pan's back. sci-fi superstar chris pratt has been hired by universal studios to headline their big screen adaptation of the quirky image comic cowboy ninja viking created by writer aj lieberman and artist riley rosmo the story centers around duncan a notorious government assassin suffering from multiple personality disorder who is blessed with the skill of a cowboy ninja and a viking the story revolves around a secret agency that develops unique operatives called triplets, named for their three distinct personality manifestations. One of their main agents goes rogue and attempts to track down the billionaire genius who masterminded the intelligence program that created the unstable hybrid hitmen. Is one of the other agents pirate monkey robot? Because that's so. one of the tropes from uh, uh, improv. You try and stay out of doing those scenes. Yeah. Because it comes up so often, pirate monkey robot. Ah. Oh really? I did not know this one. So what if what if your 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 three personalities like lame like pharmacist, uh, pet groomer, and uh, <laughs> they keep you to the desk? <laughs> yeah, okay. Pharmacist, pet groomer, and Accountant. orthodontist. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's your new partner. <laughs> Hello, I'm pharmacist. You want some oxy? Yeah. It's my fucking superpower. I can get you high as fuck. <laughs> I'll relax your muscles so fucking hard. Are we back to Peter Pan again? <laughs> Come on. I know a guy. You won't remember much of it except the stretch sphincter spot. That you will never forget. Because from now on, every time you take a bowel movement, it'll be in the shape of a giant loaf of bread. <laughs> Because everything will gather in this giant cavity that you now have. 
I've never seen Bill Cosby do before <laughs> walking before. <laughs> what? Is it going Cosby? Yeah. Uh, Only in subject matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That is, that is his... Uh, that is his MO. That's if we're, his if MO we're, we're supposed to believe it, yes. Yeah. A film based on Mark Power's sci-fi comic Drafted is in development. The comic follows Earth's first contact with aliens who arrive to warn humanity of an impending alien invasion. From there, the story has some nice twists and turns as much as humanity unites to fight off the alien race and save humanity and the aliens who warned them. Uh, Drafted was launched in 2007 on Devil's Due Entertainment, and a reboot of the comic is reportedly in the works and set to launch in 2015. Another comic I have not read, but... More power to the sci-fi. Right. You remember when you could read all the comics? When it was, like, possible? No. Yeah. Even no, when I was younger, it wasn't possible. I, I remember. You really I had to pick I and couldn't choose. do it. But, yeah. Couldn't afford it. You wanted to. But, yeah, even in the 80s, you already started to have the, the, the splintering independents that were making some green. By the time they got expensive enough that you couldn't do it, there were shops where you could buy them all. I mean, the, the problem before that was you had to you know, go to three different pharmacies to find them. Yeah. Problem I always ran into was that until I was in my late teens, I was kind of reliant on people loaning me their comics mm-hmm. as far as like being able to pick up on a lot of the, the really good stories. Yeah, so you yelled at the comic book store. Hey, you can't read that. You're going to buy it. Well, no, I mean, I... I you know, didn't have a way to get to the comic book store without, you know, parents driving. And at the time, they were not really appreciative of the art form. Didn't see it for what it was. You were. So Mine it would were. be like friends at school would say, hey, you have to read this. And they would hand me the comic. And so I would take it home, read it, and bring it back to them. And, and that was how I got my comic background, was to read a lot of the stuff. So... Because, you know, I, mean, I guess technically it's a beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. I had a very eclectic blend of, you know, like, you need to read this one or you need to read this one. And, you know, it's like, here's a Marvel title. Here's a DC title. Here's, you know. So what was the comic title that kicked off your love for comic books? The one that you start, that I'm going to start reading these because this is great. Well, I mean, I had read, com- like, we had picked up comics, like the kids style comics. Like, there were a lot of DuckTales, or it wasn't called DuckTales back then. It was, it was the Uncle Scrooge um, yeah, comic was, adventures. Yeah, comics and stories. Those are a lot of the ones that, like, my mom would pick up at garage sales, and, you know, she'd, she'd buy stacks of those. So I, I, I read a lot of kitty comics, I guess, you know, in my, my youth. Gosh, what would be the one that was the one that I said, wow, this is. Modern art for. So I'm gonna let you think on that. Same question. Well, with me, I've actually I've been thinking about this lately, and with me, it, it, there are books that are are keystones. Um, you know, like you were saying, it's all those Walt Disney, uh, um, Scrooge McDuck, Gyro, Gyro Gear Loose stuff that right. I read, and then somewhere around like ten or so, I started picking up uh, Spider Man. I think what happened first is I visited my uh, my cousin's house in Pennsylvania, and he had a giant comic collection. And I read a bunch of comics there. And then I started collecting Spider-Man. And I was getting to the point where I was like, yeah, well, Spider-Man's good. But there was a cross. The, the first issue of Howard the Duck had a, had a Spider-Man guest appearance in it. And it was like Spider-Man was on the cover. So I picked that up. And that changed comics for me. And then there's a bunch of books like that that are just like, ah, I'm done with these comics. Like, oh, well, that's something different to do with comics. 
and yeah, uh, New Mutants, um, whatever the twenty something, whatever the one where where uh, Sienkiewicz comes in. It's like, oh, we could do that with comics too. I mean, there's this, there's this like bunch of Keystone comics where it changes it, and I'm like back into it again completely because there's there's something different and unusual you can do with them. Matt, what kicked off your love? I never really read uh, many comics growing up, but it would have to be probably X Men. I was a big X Men fan. Yeah. Now, did you explore the cartoon first, and that led you to it, or did you already? Um, yes, yes, okay. the animated series, and then I picked up my first issue I ever picked up. I'm trying to remember what it was. Who were they fighting? Who weren't they fighting? Well, yeah. Uh, come back to me. I think. All right. I think about this, Paul. Uh, my cousin. We were on a camping trip, and he bought uh, my brother and I a couple of Spider-Man books, and um, it was uh, it was Amazing Spider-Man or Web. I can't remember. I think it was Amazing. Maybe it was Spectacular. Anyway, when all the Spidey books were going on, but it was uh, Robbie Robertson had been put in jail, and Tombstone was coming to kill him, and that was the whole uh, start of that little saga, and that really hooked me, and I always thought Robbie Robertson's it was underused character lately had been he came back bendis did him right in ultimate for a little while so yeah um but that was what got me into spidey and that was it forever for so long that's all i bought with spider-man yeah that's way down the line when i was when i started reading spider-man i think it was issue 100 and uh yeah that was uh there was only one spider-man yep i think it was when i was collecting it heavily there were five books every month Five Spider-Man books every month, and that was basically my entire comic book allowance. Allowance <laughs> right. uh, from from those days when it wasn't as expensive as it is now. Um, but yeah, that's all I bought was Spidey. Torgo, what was your book? Uh, I had this my a friend named Brad Bird, not the not same, that Brad not, Bird not that one, guy. not that one. Uh, but he had that trunk of comics, and he's like, "You need to read these." And I was never much of a comic kid. I got like a variety pack when I was a kid of like Dennis the Menace and Jughead. Yeah. And so they were <laughs> that Archie Rich. Archie shit will put you off comics. Yeah. It, 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 so I New flipped through it. New stuff will hook you. Uh, but I would read Bad Magazine every now and then. So as close as I got. Right. But then he, he knew I was a fantasy reader. I really like fantasy stuff. So he dropped a stack of Warlord comics from oh, DC. Mike, Mike Grell. Yeah. Nice. And it. It was my first realization that, oh, wait, comic books aren't just individual stories, one per. This tells a whole long story that right. keeps going. And that was the moment that my brain said, oh, my gosh, they're all like this. Yeah. Well, for sure, the thing, the, the one comic that, it, and I know it's cliched because a lot of people cite this one, but the one comic that at the time turned my brain to go from, oh, it's just a, a medium for children and go, oh, this can be a medium for all ages, and there can be some really dark, you know, kind of adult material was Dark Knight Returns, the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Because, I mean, that was, it was so different at the time that I read it. You know, a friend loaned it to me, and I'm just sitting there reading it, and I'm like, wow, he's Well, then, of, of course, also older. Cherry Pop-Tart. Cherry Pop-Tart was a big part. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it just it was such a different twist on that character. I did bring those at that over point. Here, right? I don't think I gave those to you guys, right? Didn't I? You gave me a cherry pop tart yeah, or two. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Some even of those are cool. Know. What? It's just dirty, dirty comics. It's, it's oh. porn comics drawn Archie style. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
cherry pop tart. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm not. Tart, I'm yeah. not complaining. Like the Tijuana Bibles. Oh man, those are stupid. Because <laughs> I, I still remember <laughs> when I was younger having that stack of like the the Scrooge ones, the the Richie Rich, um, the porn versions. No, yeah. just the. The the kid comics that you know, yeah. It's like mom would bring home a a box of stuff from a from a garage sale, and I would read through those because it was it was fun to read. You know, you know, I was also I mean mixing those Keystone books also are the uh, the eerie and uh, creepy books. Those were on the newsstands when I was. Oh buying. yeah, newsstands. Holy shit! Yeah, they had some great covers. Those mags. Philip K. Dick's daughter, Issa Dick Hackett. Is. <laughs> that wow, name. that is that like name. that is Jar Jar Binks gone mad. Bad. <laughs> He's a dick's hacket. Is one. Trotto out of Paul. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to frame how that would come out, and I'm like, yeah, that's Jar Jar. <laughs> He's a dick's hacket. <laughs> He's a dick's hacket. Misa not know what happened. That bitch must have had some shit. Always wearing the rubbers, they says. Oh, Misa, listen from now on. Wrap that rascal. Too late. Misa dicks hack it. She's a Misa dicks hack it, but she's a look like a gorilla got hidden back with an axe. <laughs> He says one of the producers on a movie version of a short story by her dad called The Crawlers. The script by Kaylin Egan and Travis Centel follows a government land surveyor who discovers the secret history and bizarre inhabitants of a small Texas town. The filmmakers describe it as a riff on the small town monster movie with a twist of Texas noir horror. That was one of my favorite uh, Morrissey songs, Government Land Surveyor. (laughs) I'm a government land surveyor, and I survey this land, and I say this land is fine for building anything you like. I would say that a subdivision (laughs) would be perfect for this land, because I'm a government land surveyor. And I've surveyed this line. I, I love that you felt the yeah. need to sing hey, half of it with yeah. a tootsie roll why, in your why, mouth. Why, once you were singing, did you feel the need to stick a tootsie roll in your mouth? What is the thought process behind that? That's why I go to the opera, to see them start singing and then stick a tootsie roll in their mouth and it, try to continue. It ain't, it ain't over until the fat lady sticks a sausage That's in her right. mouth. <laughs> oh, I'm a government land surveyor. You know, I little- find this land to be adequate. It's doubtful there will be earthquakes. And there goes the Tootsie Roll again. You know, it's a little known fact that that song was based on Ethel the Aardvark's Quantities Are Vain. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ethel the, wow. the Aardvark's Quantities Are Vain. <laughs> Classic children's book. Classic. The story was first published in 1954. The movie will be directed by Jason LaPierre, who made a movie in 2012 called I Declare War, about a game of capture the flag that gets out of hand and escalates into violence. Hackett says, The Crawlers, a psychological horror film in the tradition of Rosemary's Baby and Don't Look Now, is the first horror film based on my father's work. 
His grand theme around what it means to be human is fully examined in this dark and poignant tale. Hackett has also served as an executive producer on the Adjustment Bureau, also based on one of her father's stories. She's also developing a film version of his book, Ubik, and is an executive producer on a proposed TV adaptation of his classic novel, The Man in the High Castle. I've not read a ton of Philip K. Dick. I've read, I have read probably 40, 30 stories. So you haven't read but, Dick then? Exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, his stuff is just wildly dick, all over the what place. What are you doing? Some of that stuff is brilliant, and some is like, huh, what? That sounds like a perfect description of Philip Dick. Yeah. There's a uh, an independent movie on Netflix right now based on one of his short stories. I started watching the first half of it or so. It was okay. Okay. Very low budget. You know what else is on Netflix now? And I will be watching tomorrow with the kids? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I will ah. finally start catching up on that with you guys. All right. Hang in there. Get to the first season. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, hang I, in that first half. It's good sleeping See, I, TV. I've, I've been warned, and I don't have to sit there and wait weeks between them. I can just plow through them now. That's true. Yeah. And see, I mean, it's... You like to plow through things. I, huh? I didn't find oh, yeah. it a struggle, but I know I, I, I could understand why some people did find it a struggle to get for like the first 10 episodes, 10 episodes rather. But you like Gotham, so... I still haven't watched. He hasn't watched it. Oh wait, who, who likes? I'm Gotham the one that's watch, I'm the one that's watching it and accepting it thus far. Oh okay. I don't think nobody. Is, I haven't seen any of it either. But I haven't. I don't think anybody in this room likes it. I think some people are putting up with it. I think there's really neat aspects to it, and then things that happen that completely erase those neat aspects. I've seen people raving about it. I told you a couple weeks ago when I was out in California, Sheeple. there were people raving about it too. I have been watching Arrow and keeping up with it. I am current with Arrow, and I have also gotten current with the flash which i gotta say flash is holding up really well five episodes in so okay if anybody has been on the fence about it i do recommend it get into it and you don't have to have seen arrow i i i know they introduced the character on there but in the very first episode of the flash they recap the the crossover bits of it but in a good way. It's not a like it's just a series of Last previously. Time on Arrow. You Although, know, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Watch Arrow. Arrow's fine. I'm yeah. I, I, I well, am yeah. watching Arrow. Yeah. I love Arrow. We, we, have, we have talked about Arrow and Flash and nauseam for like last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So, that, um, we we get it. So is that is that it for the Philip K. Dick thing? Is that uh, that's it for the Philip K. Okay. Dick thing. Uh, going back to Gotham, the one thing I think that keeps bringing me back to it is the Penguin. The yeah. story of the penguin is just so fascinating and well acted. Now, in staying in the DC universe, how are you doing with Constantine? I'm liking Constantine so far. They have uh, so far been doing their own takes on actual established Constantine stories. Right. And changing things in ways that aren't horrible to the character. I think they've got the character right. Uh, I think it's yet to find its legs, and it might not, because they're going to stop at 13 episodes. Right. As of right now, they don't right. know if they're going to renew it or not. I think I'm one episode behind on it, but so far I'm enjoying it as well. Uh, love the guy that they picked the lead. He is he's a fantastic... He embodies Constantine yeah. very well. He's a fantastic actor, and he's really doing justice to the character. What I think is hurting it the most right now is that Constantine, the Hellblazer series itself has a lot of grit, has a lot of teeth to it. Right. Has yeah. a lot of moral ambiguity. Right. Which they're really kind of nicening it up, and which yeah. is a very bad direction to go. They're not going completely gritty with it. Sure. They're 
they're touching on the stories, but they're changing them enough so that it makes Constantine look better. Right. And that's not what you should do with that character. Yeah. You have to both like him and despise him. You would think with things like Breaking Bad and... Um, yeah. People would know exactly. that you can do that. You, you can do that now. Yeah. People will watch that if yes. you have a compelling enough character, and Constantine can be that character. I, I was trying to think of something else along that lines, and I almost mentioned... Um, Deadwood, which was you know what what ten fifteen years ago now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But of course, you know that's HBO, and yeah. they well, they could get away with that more back then. That network couldn't, but now network is finally coming up to that a little more, trying to. But they have standards and practices that the cable shows like Breaking Bad don't have to deal with. Now with Constantine, and and you you referenced the fact that they're stopping at thirteen episodes, and I did uh, read that same article. Um, apparently. NBC Universal is considering the possibility of moving it to sci-fi. Oh, to continue the series if for some reason they cuz they it's it's the execs don't necessarily want to give up on it, mm-hmm. but they're not sure they want to keep going sure. because it's too early not having aired all of the episodes to commit to the continuing the series, but the people that are involved with the show don't want to give up on it. And yes, this is Technically, still rumor, but this is what the you know what NBC Universal has said. They're like, we don't want to give up on it yet, but we and can't it is showing for- growth. Yes, this episode that aired this week was up thirty percent from the week prior. Yeah. so it is growing. How special effects heavy is it? An expensive show to put together? It doesn't look to me like it is, but nah, I would say no more than say your Smallville is, and I say actually Smallville probably is a little more effects heavy. But it has its share of monsters and a lot of CGI. So to do it. Doctor Who? Uh, I actually say Doctor Who has more effects than this. Okay. Yeah. So Now there is interesting thought if they do move to sci-fi. It could bring back the the chain smoking instead of just the alluding to it where like he'll reach for the pack, flip out the lighter, and then like pat his, his shirt pocket like he's got a pack in there and doesn't realize he doesn't. But uh, they could bring back the chain smoking and make possibly make it even grittier on sci-fi than on NBC. Because that is the downside to having it on NBC is they're trying to make it sort of friendlier sure. for and audiences that would watch primetime on NBC. And Dangerous Habits is considered one of the prime Constantine stories, of the, the almost the defining story of Constantine. And that relies a lot on smoking to tell that story. Yeah. So, I but yeah, you're right. They they were they were showing good growth. Uh, episode one to episode three was showing uh, marked growth over each one because the first three episodes are critical for a series. Sure, and and it's not like NBC isn't trying to get people to watch it. They've already done a marathon of them to yeah, they, yeah, drum on, up interest. And on so sci-fi, they did the marathon, so that was what was leading to the possibility. Uh-huh. So. I hope they don't give up on it, because what I've seen so far, I'm liking. Yeah, there's a lot of potential, especially if they can get drop some of the chains that they've attached to it. Yeah. And speaking of Howard the Duck, Howard is getting his first solo comic series in seven years. And it looks good. In the hands of Chip Zdarsky, who did Sex Criminals, which I haven't read, but I have recently bought, and I look forward to reading. Paul was talking about that. Yeah, Paul was crazy about it. Uh, Zdarsky says, expect a humorous tale of time and sexuality. And that they're going to, quote, explore the Marvel Universe with a very short tour guide, unquote. <laughs> the series will find Howard, an alien who hails from a planet where a 
where Apex Race evolved from common ducks rather than monkeys, uh, working as a private detective. Uh, the new series launches in March 2015. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I may actually start picking that up from, from issue one and watching through it. Yeah, reading through it. I think this will have enough uh, bite, grit, and satire that it needs that kind of was lost in the last version. These days, I tend to wait for the graphic novel to come out, but this one I may actually have to pick up issue by issue. Hmm. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it's it's he's a, a sarcastic... Yes. Very... I wouldn't say unlikable character, but tough-to-like character. I like that description. But more geared towards our age, you know, the... The late thirties, early forty something uh, crowd. The brilliant you know, the uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. The brilliant social satire of the first, you know, thirty six issues before it got cancelled from the first run. Thirty six, thirty seven, anyways. Yeah, but I mean the I mean the, the characters were brought in there, the friggin' uh, the kidney lady and uh, uh pro rata the mad accountant. Uh you know, it's this bizarre stuff that I'd never seen again. That's another Touchstone comic. Keystone, Touchstone, either way. Yeah, because yeah, just change the way I looked at comics. The cynic demographic. <laughs> ESA's Comet Rosetta mission sent back some awesome stuff before going dark, including findings that indicate organic molecules are present on the comet. The lander sensors essentially sniffed the comet's atmosphere and found evidence of carbon and hydrogen. According to The Guardian, the team believes the discovery could provide new clues on how the early chemical ingredients that led to life on Earth arrived on the planet. One theory, elements such as those found on the comet could have been what sparked life on Earth following a collision millennia ago. So figuring out the organic elements cruising around Comet 76P could help us better understand our own origins. Professor John Zanecki, the deputy principal investigator of one of the instruments, noted the organic findings could help explain exactly how those molecules develop in space and how much landing on a planet like Earth can change them. Quote, there has long been indirect evidence of organic molecules on comets as carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen atoms have been found in comet dust. It has not been possible to see if these are forming complex compounds before, if this is what has been found, yeah, don't go in there. Then it is a tremendous discovery. Stay away from the bathroom. You just I lost all your religious listeners right there. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you introduce nutrition get, to your I, body. I think that's part of it. Oh, you missed us talking about your sex criminals book. Oh, I love that book, man. But that, that author's just, uh, writing, uh, Howard the Duck. Uh, Matt Fraction. He's writing no, Howard no, the Duck? No, no, uh, What's his name? Uh, Zdarsky. Chip oh, okay. Zdarsky. He's writing the Howard the Duck movie? No, the uh, comic book? book series starting Great. up in 2015. Fantastic. Oh, I just finished up my review of the new <laughs> Jack in the Box Cracked Pepper Burger. <laughs> you ate that before you came here and ate beef last jerky? Night, last oh, night. Oh, uh, last night. Yeah. Okay. It's processing time. And, uh, and I can tell you I do not care for the ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Man, I got to pee, too. God oh. damn it. Yeah, that toilet's crying right now. Take a chance. <laughs> Is it okay if I go off your balcony? Oh. <laughs> Just call it rain, baby. Valve Software has decided to tighten up the rules a bit on Steam Early Access games, according to Gamasutra. 
Some of the more interesting changes include a note that early access developers can no longer make specific promises about future events because customers should be buying your game based on its current state, not on promises of a future that may or may not be realized. Another new guideline says that developers should not develop a game on the platform if they, quote, can't afford to develop with very few or no sales. And finally, Valve says the developers should not use early access, quote, if you are done with the development, unquote. Who can develop with, with very few or no sales? And that developers should not launch on the service without a playable game. The change in rules are likely That's in response good. to Steam users being ripped off by questionable early access games and by a recent EEDAR report noting that only a small percentage of early access games ever get released. The biggest issue I have with these early access games is that there seems to be little to no incentive to finish the product. Okay. And these numbers that they, this report came out with seems to say that there's all these early access games that you seem pay to go in that you yeah. pay for and you're paying full price yeah. for most of these, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Uh-huh. And it, it's they they're adding things, they're working on them, but they never seem to reach an end. Huh. So you're paying to beta test it for them. You're paying to alpha test it, frankly. Wow. I've seen a couple there on Steam. I just laugh at it. Uh, there's yeah. a game that we played at the um, the uh, Child's Play charity. Not Child's Play. It was the uh, the thing down at at uh, Insert Coins. No, this is the thing I did a couple of weeks ago with Anthony okay. for his um, is it Level Up? I think it is Level Up. Level Up charity. Um, so it's called Gang Beasts. Okay, have you played that one? I have not. So that's a Steam game. You got to play Gang Beasts. It's a hoot. Is it? Tell yeah. me about, uh, it's like a uh, it's like a very loose um, Power Stone. I'm not. For you some reason, I'm not Power getting Power Stone. Genre? It's a fighting game, but it's all in okay. 3D. It's a full 3D four player fighting game. Four player at once fighting game. Yeah, it's a four player brawler, and it's really really fucking fun and it's real Lucy and the the thing is that like the the characters are real cartoony and puffy looking and silly and then the the environments they fight in some of them are just wicked evil some of them are cool it's it's just I can't even I can't do it justice we gotta look we'll watch some gang based beast footage but that is a game that everybody who listens to this show and enjoys the ridiculousness of this show should play it is fun now it's a multiplayer at its heart, really more fun when you have four people, or at least two or three, going especially at in it. the same room. Oh yeah, that's yeah. It's a juicy game. It's one of the better games I have played in a long time. Hmm. It, it was the first game that I had not heard of that I played and was like, wow! Like I was really surprised by this game. It really caught me out of nowhere. Hmm. So yeah, it was it cool. It's a good good game. So there are still a few successes out there. There are, there. and it's it's terrible to see all these. And there are a lot of them bad alpha games going up for sale and really flooding and mudding the market. And a lot of why this was put into place where some developers got in their minds that we just need to start a project, 
get sales from that and then take that money and start another project and then just have like six and seven in development and not finish any of them. And they're just broken pieces of crap. Pyramid scheme. Yeah. In fact, uh, Jim Sterling has his YouTube channel is basically him playing these games and make fun, making fun of them and saying this should not be. And then him getting into fights with developers over them left and right. I love it. He's so good. I have not watched any of his new stuff. Uh, he went independent. That. Yeah, I know. That. So, yeah. I've watched some of his new stuff. But not this latest stuff. Okay. He's, yeah, he got, he, well, he's doing a little bit of stuff with, um, Yahtzee Kershaw? Yeah. So yeah, well, he's still were, got some escapist things, right? But, yeah, I, I don't know if that's I know he's still not going with Destructoid on. Destructoid anymore. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not Destructoid. And he's moved away from the escapist. I don't know if Uncivil War, which was their back and forth and their poetry okay. jam, is still going on, though. Well, good for him. He's, Fucking great. Super entertaining, super smart, and is a great uh, argumentor. Well, it's about time some company's doing something about all these unreleased bullshit crap. <laughs> I, I'm just so tired of going on a Steam saying, that looks like an interesting game, and then seeing early access and going, well, I don't want to buy it because, one, I don't want an unfinished game, and two, I don't think it will ever be finished. Yeah. There's very little evidence to say it ever will be. Actually, that goes back to your your uh, unfinished uh, TV series or your TV series. And oh, there's yeah. a ton of comic series that did that too. We get oh. oh, you get deeply into it, right? Like it's gone, yeah, and, and, and not you know, right off not ones yeah. where they can bring it off. And it's not like Marvel ones where you can bring it off into another thing. Like uh, there was a great book I loved called I Am Gumbo, which was just bizarre. I, mean, I had a, actually actually I had a talking duck. Now I think of it. The, the main character is talking thing. ducks. The yeah. main character is like an Indiana Jones character who gets turned into a duck in like the first couple pages and spends the rest of the comic the like seven issues as a duck. But it was very bizarre. Wow. Yeah. And seven, I have not heard of this comic. Oh, seven issues in, it just disappears. You know, the guy they shuttered the company probably. Well, yeah, well, yeah it, was, it was independent publishing. Yeah. yeah. Like when Marvel made that secondary worlds offshoot, oh, new yeah. worlds or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that it was. was awful. They blew up Pittsburgh in that, right? Oh, I don't know. I didn't yeah, read any of them. I, I think I think that was like one of the things they did. They blew up. They had a new kit, Pittsburgh. I guess it's a way to yeah. get some attention. Yeah. Obviously not enough. The University of Iowa Libraries is working with the UI Office of the Vice President of Research and Economic Development to digitize more than 10,000 science fiction fanzines dating back to the 1930s. Sweet. Nice. The pieces are from the James L. Rusty a Hevelin collection. The collection includes everything from the Futurian War Digest to the science fiction fan and the Fantagraph, all representing decades upon decades of classic sci-fi lore. Uh, Evelyn has apparently been collecting ever since he started picking up pulp mags in the 1930s and attended many of the first science fiction conventions. Evelyn passed away in 2011 and the university acquired the collection in 2012. A zine is typically defined as an amateur magazine about a topic, in this case, science fiction. Uh, the digita digitization process is uh, astounding undertaking and will make these insanely rare works available for the masses. Anybody interested in the project can keep up on a special, tum special Tumblr page established for the undertaking at uh, Havlin Collection. That's H-E-V-E-L-I-N collection.tumblr.com. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't wait to see that. Um, we have a zine, you know, we have a zine library in town. I have heard this, but I don't know anything about it. It's at the, it's at uh, Emergency Arts. It's um, sort of behind the beat. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not huge, but they're there. I mean, you can go back and look at some old ones, not terribly old, but it exists. And uh, the idea of a lot of this stuff being digitalized is just great. It's yeah. Just, yeah. See, I would love to have some of the magazines I used to read as a kid available digitally, like some of the old star logs that I had with the a lot of the behind the scenes photos and stuff that just sure i mean literally even just google it's like i'll remember an article that i read like i'll be watching a movie and i'm like oh yeah i remember i had that magazine that had the little behind the scenes where they had the you know pictorial going on with the cast and crew while they're doing the production and uh you know and just a little you know article about it and, and so i'll like go on google and search for the pictures because you know i remember vividly the picture so i'm and i can't find them anywhere i've tried searching starlog digitally too and yeah. there's just nothing old fangoria magazines too another perfect example i mean shoot i and i don't know where the hell it is anymore even if it's still part of my collection but i remember getting a fangoria back when army of darkness was in production but it was before it was released and it on the t- the cover of the magazine said Evil Dead Three colon Army of Darkness, and that was before it actually did the name change. They, yeah, they did Mid- the name Evil change Dead. before that even. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Those you know the first two Medieval Dead was what it was supposed to be. I uh, I vaguely remember somebody has been digitalizing famous monsters, but that could just be a fever dream. No, oh, it's very possible. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if almost all the stuff does eventually get digitized. Just. Priorities, I, I guess. And Coulter? Huh? A famous monster. <laughs> See, this is the thing that really irritates me with the digitization stuff, is that in a lot of cases, you have these old out-of-print magazines that somebody still owns the rights to, and somebody... It, it, often, they will be approached about digitizing them and making them available, and they refuse to allow it to happen. But then, then they don't, on their own, do any kind of process to sure. make it available to the public and I, I i still don't understand why i get if you're trying to protect your copyright and you're trying to you know retain some ownership of the material i understand that part but to not allow something that is in demand to be released especially when it's been out of published you know it hasn't been published in you know 30 some odd years yeah why do you have the thing in your news about the last Starfighter? I don't, but that made me think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, for, Spielberg wants to do it, right? Yeah, Spielberg wanted tried to get the rights from the guy that owns it, who wrote yeah. the initial one, or at least owns the treatment of it. And the guy refuses to sell. Refuses. Apparently, to every uh, every nerd in, who, who gets famous in town, I mean, in L.A., has tried to revive it. Has tried to, and the guy just won't. Well, the, want to yeah, see Seth Rogen was the most recent one, and uh, in an interview said that uh, when he found it out, when he was just getting such you know pushback and it not happening, he happened to run into Spielberg and tell him, and he's like, "I've been trying to do this for you know a couple of years now, and I can't get any movement on it." And Spielberg says, "You have no idea how long I tried to do it." So. Yeah. So yeah, so if Spielberg can't get it done. Yeah, it no, that's happening. it. Well, what? Trust the old man. What's the, the deal? Like, what is he just? I, I he must have something I've read. Of, I haven't found a reason. Yeah. Although he just refuses. He did, to this is the same guy that wrote uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. The TV series, the uh, the, okay. the Freddy. It was the Freddy, Freddy TV Freddy's series. Nightmares. Freddy's okay. Nightmares. Okay, the, the one of the articles I read it listed off a few things he'd written that had been sequelized sixty-seven times and it had gotten crazily worse. So. 
Maybe that's it, but he just burned out on no. people using his stuff. No, I, I, I it's just the at... one thing that's good in my life. <laughs> God damn it! Honestly, I think alone. I, I don't think you're, you're. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're not, not far off on this well, because I'm like he did. Fred, I looked at his pedigree. I still love and... that. Sh- I still love that movie. I just bought a, that that 25th anniversary a couple like a year ago. I love that movie. And then uh, I met a friend who knows the last starfighter oh really i'm oh, two actor? i'm two facebook friends away <laughs> two degrees from the last starfighter now i'm, I'm She's gotta get there thrilled <laughs> who was that actor oh you uh, would ask i have that. to look up his name yes. okay yeah. you know that that movie is um i think it's robert preston's last movie hmm. who was the music man okay he plays the uh what the hell is that character's name I don't the remember. alien, the old Green? guy. Oh, the the, guy. Uh, follow the old alien. Uh, damn it! I just had it on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. I'm not playing this game. Centauri, something like that. <laughs> yes, thank you, Centauri. Have you guys heard of Secret Cinema? No, no. no. Uh, yeah, Apparently, no. it's a secret. So you're, you're going to now. No, I don't know. The first rule of Secret Cinema is you do not. It kind of is, really. It's an organization from the UK. It's been around for a while and has a large and ever-growing fan base. The company puts together these immersive-themed events, such as movie screenings. Mostly it's movie screenings. But instead of just showing the movie and having attendees dress up as characters and so on, they go all out, recreating locations and costumes and other significant aspects of the film. They bring those who attend inside the movie. I did see. So you feel like you're in the same world it was set in. (laughs) The most recent event was Back to the Future. That's the one I saw. No, that's what you're going to say. And it is simply remarkable what they put together. The location in London featured a fully functional Hill Valley, including more than 20 stores. The school and the clock tower featured in the movie and a cast of 74 actors. The audience, including many people dressed in the 1950s outfits, watched the movie projected against the wall of the town hall in a square. The London screenings drew more than 75,000 people, with tickets costing $88.50, 53 pounds, basically. Uh, Secret Cinema said this made it the biggest live cinema event of its kind to date and helped the movie make the top 10 box office ranking in the UK. They've also done a bunch of these movies, themed events, including uh, Ghostbusters, Alien, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Lawrence of Arabia, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Brazil, Casablanca, The Shawshank Redemption, Blade Runner, and more. They're bringing Back to the Future to L.A. next year. Ooh. Road trip. So you West Coasters be ready. Secret Cinema said the L.A. event should take place next summer, following the company's previously announced launch in the U.S. in early 2015. The company will at no point offer its so-called no-tell events. Uh, well, well, say they will at that point offer its so-called no-tell events, which brings out people who don't know which film will be screened until the last moment. Ooh, that sounds fun. So you basically sign up for their no-tell events Wait. newsletter or whatever, and they say, okay, this is happening at this location. It's a movie. Be there at this time. It costs this. Oh, yeah, sure. I show up, and it's unbearable lightness of being. Fuck you. <laughs> but it, go to Secret Cinema, their website, and they have footage from every one of their events. Their Ghostbuster event looked amazing as well. It's... The most theatrical I've ever seen film screening done. Almost like combining Rocky Horror without say, shouting at the screen. Just taking Rocky Horror's best parts and 
what that but even but even created. to the next level yeah, with that, that doesn't yeah. even come close to it. Yeah, we're, no. we're talking the sets. And you, the you've got the actors up front, and, and but the the special effects involved. They had this monstrous blow up. Uh, stay puff marshmallow man that they inflated at the side of the theater when that part happened. Hilarious. Just really kind of immersing you in the middle of the whole thing. That's Back really cool. in my day when you saw Rocky Harry, you threw real toast and you sprayed water and threw rice. The, <laughs> the Hill Valley thing, they had a barbershop there that was giving away 50s haircuts. Just, it looks amazing. Go to their website. It's so yeah, the, worth it. The cafe Overboard. was serving like uh, the classic fountain sodas and stuff. I mean, it just... It was it was ridiculous. I I watched a, a ten minute clip where they just did a compilation of a lot of the little bits of that event, and it was, I mean, my mind was blown. I it's mean, almost somebody as... sent me that link, and I was just like, literally watching it at work on my phone with my jaw hanging. Just it's going... almost as if Improv Anywhere decided to do a movie screen. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'd love to see one of those. I'm in. I want to go. Uh, the last Starfighter is the uh, fine thespian Lance Guest, by the way. Lance, Lance Guest. Guest. It's official. And what else has he been in? Uh, he's done a lot of Broadway, actually. Oh, okay. He ended up, uh, he ended up going to uh, New York and doing uh, a lot of theatrical stuff. That's how my other friend knew. If, if, you don't, if you don't live here in Vegas, there's a game you can play called <laughs> Dead or in Vegas. But I guess <laughs> Dead or in Vegas are on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. What's your Lance Guest? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And that's it for this week's Geek Shuck. So until next week, I am Master Torgo. My mom. 80s Jeff. Fact check Dandy. Flip floppy Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I'm so excited about this aspect for that yeah. secret cinema. Well, so for the 30th anniversary next year, that's... Oh, I'm so there. So this summer, 2015, LA. Uh, they apparently did it at the... London Olympic grounds. Wow. That's that's the size of the area that it covered. That's nice. the whole part that I missed of that watching that video clip and reading the article on it that that it was in England. I never caught that part because I was just so enthralled with the sheer amount of stuff that they were doing on this that you know, it's like and for this part they did this and then for this part they did this and then they built this and I'm like and I'm watching the you know the construction of the Hill Valley Courthouse and then the screen that's on the front of the Hill Valley Courthouse and then they're projecting the movie on there and then, you know, the DeLorean comes driving right in front of the courthouse and then they have these little flame bars built into the platform that it drives across so that as it goes over the stage, the flame trails follow it. It and looks it was so, perfectly timed, and I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> it looks so good as far as just the whole town square that I thought they filmed it at Universal Studios. Yeah, and, uh, wow. and the watching the chase scene between the uh, the Libyans in the the VW bus and the DeLorean as they're driving around the crowds behind the little barriers. That's wow, and that's probably why we haven't heard about it because it has been a UK company all this time. Only next year are they going to start US and events. it's secret, and it's secret. Yes, so sign up. Did you cut the uh, dinosaur news? Just like my fart. What the Jurassic Park <laughs> trail? Did you see it? Oh, it drops I, on Thursday. I, oh, oh, I usually I usually don't bring news about trailers that are going to play. No, well, that's <laughs> it's it's out there now. Yeah, um, news, uh, there are trailers for movies getting released. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Way to go. I'm a wet fart in the tub. (laughs) 